Welcome to Amazon Seller Insights. This is a series where we chat with experts who are crushing it on Amazon or in the e-commerce space. And we're here to get some great insights, a few stories and some inspiration to help fuel your Amazon business. A quick shout out for Zonguru. Zonguru is an all-in-one toolset for Amazon private label sellers, a world-class powerful toolset to help you scale through data insights and automation. Looking for product ideas for more traffic, more customers, or ways to automate and scale, our exclusive partnership with Amazon and Alibaba.com integrated with our data-centric software toolset will help you hit your goals. Check us out at zonguru.com and start your free trial. So if you'd like to get exclusive access to episodes early, go to our private Facebook group, Amazon Seller Network, subscribe today, and you can get episodes as soon as they're released, as well as be able to interact with our whole massive community right there in that private Facebook group. Let's get into this episode. I'm really excited to have Amy Weiss from Amazing at Home with us today. Uh, Amy has an, an awesome background. I've just been chatting with her and, and I've also read a bit about her background and it's, it's super colorful. Um, and, and I'm going to leave her to, to give us an overview of that. But I think you know, what I've picked up from, from her journey is that she is a testament for curiosity, for personal development for self-learning and, and for hard work and and she's done a bunch so you know if you're that person who who wants to take life by the horns and, and experience a bunch uh, you should chat to Amy because she's definitely done that so um you know we, we're going to jump in in a second but what 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 we can cover so many topics but I think the one that I want to focus on today is around product development and market research which is not talked about enough um, and you know, with her diverse experience, I thought this was just a, a good opportunity to, to chat about that. Um, but uh, I'm going to hand it over to you, Amy. So welcome to this session. I'm excited to get into this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I just love being here and I love talking about, um, about product development as well as market research. This is two of my favorite topics. A um, little bit about me. Um, I yeah. am... <laughs> An Amazon seller since 2007. I started flipping stuff online. Old school, old school. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm an OG, right? <laughs> but uh, I was doing stuff on eBay back then too, but it was really just a hobby. You know, it was like I was in college at the time and I was also in the military at the time. So I was just like flipping textbooks and whatever was like laying around the house. And that's how I kind of learned about selling online, just as a hobby. I remember. Um, I remember seeing, uh, I was looking on Amazon for something back in the day and I remember seeing, I think a used textbook. I was looking for a used textbook and I remember seeing like sell yours, like a little button on there. And I was like, Oh, sell mine. Oh, cool. Okay. Let me see how this works. Right. So I, <laughs> I started listing my textbooks and buying textbooks and selling textbooks and um, you know, I would sell whatever I had laying around and I used to make my own packaging and, you know, whatever. Back then, Amazon, it didn't really matter. Everything was merchant fulfilled. There were no Amazon courses, you know, <laughs> um, but I've always been, you know, kind of a serial uh, entrepreneur, I guess you could say. I've, I've had an, in, a book full of ideas uh, always that I carried around. I, I was always sketching new ideas, sketching new things. But uh, when I was in the military, I didn't really have the bandwidth to bring any of those ideas to fruition. And even if I did, uh, I, 
I wouldn't even know where to start, you know? So I went to college for business. I've got a couple of undergraduate business degrees um, as well as an MBA and a master of science in cybersecurity. But, uh, you know, none of those degrees <laughs> helped me when I had an idea for a product. Uh, I had an idea for a product in 2017 as a better way to clean the cat litter box. And, um, you know, this idea kept bugging me. And I was like, you know, I, I really need to do something about this because I don't want to get rid of my animals. I love them, you know, but um, but I was really just struggling with litter box odors and, you know, the least fun parts of, of having a cat, right, or multiple cats. And um, And yeah, all those degrees, it didn't really help me bring a product to market. It doesn't help you figure out how to take this idea <laughs> or this rough prototype that you've made and put it on the market. And so luckily I knew that I could sell something on Amazon, right? I knew that, but, um, but in terms of um, having, you know, having every step along the way that I needed to make it happen, um, I didn't have that. So I had to kind of pull that out of somewhere. And uh, that's, that's where my journey began as a private label seller in 2017. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. I live in San Antonio, Texas uh, with my husband, and uh, we have two daughters, ages 10 and 13. And um, and yeah, both of us work full-time in our businesses now. And, um, and I left my job uh, in 2018 to take the ultimate leap. And um, yeah, I my biggest fear when I left my job was making it on my own. And now my biggest fear is ever having to go back and get a job again. <laughs> I really enjoy the freedom of um, creativity and, and being my own boss and, um, and being able to live my purpose. Amazing. Yeah. I, it's such a cool story. And, and, you know, there's so many things that you touched on there around cybersecurity and, and being in the Air Force and just these uh, and, and, and your, your degrees and, and all of these other things outside of, of, out of Amazon. And, and um, you know, I'll challenge you a little bit there and say, um, that the, all of those experiences absolutely subconsciously or not had, a, had an impact on, on your success with, with your, your Amazon business for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I totally see similarities between uh, your kind of thinking and challenges and, and, and mine. And, and one of them is, you know, this, what's so great about Amazon is that it's open to anybody, no matter what your background is, your, your education level, anything. And it's literally like if you, you understand and you, you learn some knowledge around it, you can execute and, and have uh, an amazing, successful business that can give you financial freedom. And that's one of the things I love about Amazon. Um, but, you know, the, this, this, you know, I went to college and, and a lot of us have these, you know, you know, higher education degrees and sometimes they get in the way of, of actual, um, you know, making that leap one to having your own business or, or just getting a project done because, uh, you know, what I've, Found is that sometimes your your education level and your thinking can get in the way of actual practical steps. And you know, you okay? Well, I need to launch a product. Great. What's my you know? You immediately like, what's my business plan? Because that's what I was trained on. And you're coming up with business plans and what's my marketing strategy? And all of a sudden, you've got this like 50 page document, and you're so overwhelmed, you never even begin. You know. And my 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 practical road to success was actually recognizing that and breaking those barriers down and going hey, if I just put up a stumbling block in front of me that's going to stop me from taking momentum, 
uh, get rid of that and just take a step, you know, in action. And, and I think that's, that's a really important piece. So um, I'm glad you mentioned that for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, cool. So, so let's, let's, um, let's jump in here a little bit and, 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 you know, dive in on uh, product developments and market research. And I think I want to start a little bit with product developments and, and, you know, product development as private label sellers, you know, we're creating our own brands is, is absolutely critical. And it's something that people can get completely wrong, you know, and, 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 and fewer times get completely right and, and completely wrong or right can also mean a bunch of different things. You can, you can do product development that's going to get you some good um, cash flow up front, but not create a brand. And, th and that's, that's a mistake in, in my opinion. So, um, and product development can be product differentiation. It can be creating a brand and experience. There's a whole bunch of things. But what, what in your mind are some of the, the critical factors around the product development roadmap that you need to consider? And, and I think we should start with someone who's just building and launching their first product. And then maybe we can talk about the seller who's, who's scaling. Um, so, you know, let's start with the first one. Maybe the, the seller who's launching their first product. What is some of the key factors in terms of product development that from your area of expertise you would suggest we pay attention to? Well, first of all, I think a lot of new sellers, they don't develop a product. The reason that they go for those me too products is because they're afraid. They don't understand how to develop a product. They don't understand how to have a conversation with the manufacturer to get something differentiated appropriately. So they just skip it and they go with a me too product. Right. And, and that's okay because I would say if, if you're a brand new seller um, on your first product, what I want you to focus on is the minimum viable product. There's a book by Eric Rice called The Lean Startup. And he focuses on really just coming to market with your minimum viable product. You know, when I invented my product, I took a long time to develop it. And I kept coming up with new ideas and new changes for it. I was like, okay, maybe I can add these handles and maybe I can add like a shaking mechanism to it. And maybe I can do this and do that. And had I kept going down that path, luckily I had mentors in my path to say, Amy, stop. Minimum viable product, get in on the market or you're never going to get there, right? So I want you to do your market research. I want you to make sure that your differentiation matters to the customer because I can't tell you how many people look at bad reviews and they think that they should launch a product that fixes whatever's wrong in those bad reviews. And let me tell you, that market research doesn't back that up. Just because I bought a water bottle with this straw in it and I don't like the straw doesn't mean I'm going to buy another one just like this with a different straw. I'm probably done with this type of water bottle now, you know? So that's, that's the thing is we really need to do the market research. We need to make sure our differentiation matters to the customer when we're a new seller, right? And if you have an idea, let's say, okay, well, I did the market research and people are looking for water bottles with... Um, stainless steel straws instead of these clear ones, right? I did the market research. I know they're looking for that. There's an opportunity on Amazon. You know, I've used Zonguru. I've checked out the opportunity for the keywords, everything like that. I can rank. I got it. Awesome. Well, great. How can you not overdevelop this, right? How can you maybe launch, maybe get the stock, <laughs> the stock version already created stainless steel straws and then the stock version already created water bottle bring those two together, put 200 of them on the market and get that feedback. 
When you're a new seller and you've never sold anything online before, you've never been in the retail business, get out there and learn because you're going to make so many mistakes. All of us make mistakes. So the, the biggest thing is start with a minimum viable product. Don't be afraid to maybe bundle two things that are stock in the beginning. Um, an example I give in my course is, you know, we, we went, we did all this market research on dog toys and it actually led us to this, uh, this heated mat with an integrated heartbeat. And, you know, I could have gone to a manufacturer and said, okay, can you make this like, you know, I need to, I need to get the heartbeat in there and I need it to be button. You know, I need there to be an integrated button and all these electronics and all these things. But I told everybody, I said, no, these heated mats for the dog crate already exist. We're going to go to that manufacturer and we're going to say, put a zipper in there, put a zipper in that mat. And then we're going to go over to this other manufacturer that makes those heartbeat sound devices. And we're going to buy a bunch of those, send them to the other manufacturer, stick them in the zipper pouch, put us a little instruction booklet, get it out the door, right? Start small, start with your MVP. So that's, that's where I would love to, to kind of give you guys encouragement there because, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're learning the process and you're not going all in on 10,000 units that suddenly you're having to liquidate. Yeah, there's, it's so simple, but there's so much to, to unpack there. And, and some of the things that popped in my mind are, are you know, if you, it's a little extreme, but if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you waited too long. You know, and, and that's the idea, you know, that it's an iterative process. You, 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 you have to launch a minimal viable product um, so that you can get that, that, you know, get that experience, get into the industry. But, you know, it's that nuance of what minimal, minimal viable product is. And, and I think the key there is, is, is absolutely that, that the minimal viable product, you still have to have a differentiating factor, you know, but yeah. it can be simple and, and it takes creativity and a little bit of, of that kind of smart business savvy that you're just talking about right now, about how you bring two different manufacturers together and, and a little bit of that awareness to, to create that minimal viable product with, with, um, you know, uh, without spending an arm and a leg. And I think that's a really important piece, which is uh, some people tend to, what I call overcapitalize on their differentiation. And especially if you do that up front, it's, it's, it's a mess. Um, and, and it's that balance where you can create a product that you can charge and still, and still um, make money on, you know, and, and, and do it at, at a simple way. So um, we'll get into that, but I think, I think a lot of the, those ideas and that softer feeling of that comes from the information that you get out of your market research, which, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, I, I think that's, that's so true. Um, and and uh, maybe a little bit about minimal viable product, minimal viable product, and you've taken that to the to to market, right? What about the use case of okay, I've got a minimal viable product and it's successful, and I want to scale. What what are some of your your tips around product development then? Yeah, so it's great to get customer feedback because the customers are going to tell you exactly what they want. And when you're scaling, it's about the customer now, you know, it's about how do I continue to grow my customer base? How do I continue to create my brand presence off of Amazon? Because that's where the real power lies, right? And um, now that I know people are excited about this, it's about really digging into the customer's problem and focusing on it. In the beginning, you know, when you're just trying to test out a product, you know, I, I do everything around problem solution life now. 
Those are my three core things. What is your customer's problem or need? You must define that. That's what customers want to see, whether it's in your marketing, you know, whether it's in your photos, whether it's in your listing, they want to know why they should buy your product. And that, that lies in them, not, in, not because it's stainless steel. It's because you know, they, they're thirsty, right? <laughs> they have a problem. And then what is your unique solution to their problem? You know, you need to get really good at explaining that. You need to get really good. You know, at this point, now your packaging should be a step up. You should be, you know, just really, maybe you started with a really ugly logo. <laughs> you know, maybe you, you didn't even, you know, you just, you just got on the market and I'm proud of you for that. But now that you're scaling, it's time to step it up. It's time to really connect with your customers. It's time to really nail down your brand messaging. And really, you know, one of the biggest things I hear, John, people tell me is, but Amy, that's a really big brand, you know, that, that brand that has this product over here. That's a really big brand. And I go, okay, and why can't you be the next big brand? Why don't you give yourself permission to be them? I want you to think about your growth. Think about what number your, your business could be at in five years, right? In three years, whatever that number is. I want you to put a zero on the end of it <laughs> because that's how you set your goals. That's how you can back up and go, okay, wait. Is that possible? Absolutely, it's possible. You know, and when you think about scaling, you know, you have opportunities beyond Amazon. Amazon's 8% of all of retail. It's a great opportunity. I love Amazon. But when you start thinking about growing your brand into some of the bigger retailers, the differences for one product's profits are huge. They're beyond your imagination because you're ordering by the container load now. So when you want to scale, you need to be thinking about every aspect of your business to where you want to go from where you're starting. So with your supply chain, are you working out your payment terms? How are you, know, how are you working out your, your um, increased orders with your suppliers? Are your prices coming down? Are your payment terms improving? You know, those kind of things improving your margins at every step of the way, but also making sure that you're maintaining quality control, giving the customer a quality product and you're nailing your brand messaging and your branding. So that's, that's what I'm saying with, with scaling. It's time to start really focusing on every aspect of our business and making sure that we're thinking about the end, right? Start with the end in mind. Yeah. I think, I think it's definitely awesome advice and, and I think the way I can maybe sum that up is I think we, we all tend to do so much, we put so much time and effort into our roadmap up to launching our product. And then we kind of like, ah, we launched the product and we're like, okay, what, you know, let's just go with the flow. And, and I think that same time and effort has to go into roadmapping out after launch and, and, and what you plan to do with that, that product and that business over the next few years. And that's, and that's more important or, or equally as important as, as your very specific steps of how you're going to get that product live. And, and um, you know, that, that important thing there is vision and, and, and the questions you ask yourself around your product and what you want it to be. And to your point, you know, uh, that's as simple as adding an O onto the end in terms of your, your revenue and, and it's achievable, but you have to open your, your, your mind and your, and yourself to that. Um, so it's the vision and, and then it's, and then it's the, the, the constant iteration and, and, 
inputting of processes into into everything so that your business can be scalable and and uh um, those are absolutely critical, and I, I agree with you. Going off of Amazon and making sure you have the processes to do that, um, and and to get you know that feedback loop on your on your product, but also to build your brand audience outside is is is, is critical. Um, and then I think one other thing that just popped into my mind is you so, you're so right on on you know that's a big brand and comparing my product to um, those big brands, and I definitely say that to many people is 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 we have all the tools and resources available now to develop a product as good, if not better than some of the big brands. So, so set yourself for that standard. And when you create your first product and you're creating your brand, you know, you know, don't compare it to what's on Amazon. Take the five biggest brands in your space, put them on a PowerPoint or whatever, and take your brand and put it right there next to theirs and say, hey, do I fit here? Do I, do I stand out? Am I better than them? Or do I even, can I play in this space? Do I look like this kind of brand? And your answer should be absolutely yes, because we can achieve that. And it's not a bigger cost than, than, than not. And, and I think, again, it goes back to, you know, the minimal viability of, of, and a balance between making sure that you don't iterate too much and not take action to get something live, but that you do that fine balance where, where you, you're creating a, a vision for your brand. And, and it's, um, you know, you might not get it right the first time, but you, you, you have all, all the time in the world to iterate and learn and, and improve, right? Definitely. All right, if you'd like to check out the video version of this episode, don't forget to go to YouTube, go to Seller Insights at Zonguru's channel, and that's Zonguru with a Z. Cool. Anything else on around product development that, that maybe you want to just send out to the masses in terms of a, a, good, a good tip? I just want you guys to know that, you know, uh, you can do it. You know, if you, if you really have a good idea and you're afraid to, you know, you're afraid to develop a product. Um, I had that same fear when I came up with my product idea and it was new and never seen before. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, how in the heck, like I literally have to make this thing from scratch. How can I possibly get this done? And I reached out to all these design firms and everything and they all wanted like minimum $30,000 just to take my drawings and turn them into something. And I wanted to save that money for the business side, you know? Um, and I was like, well, gosh, there's companies that do this all the time. This can't be this hard. And so I set out on a mission to figure it out. And I was able to bring my unique product to market, get a utility patent, do everything that I needed to do and do it in a somewhat short period of time. And I've even redeveloped that product now and gotten it retail ready. And, you know, now we're scaling. We sold thousands of units. I tried out for Shark Tank, you know, I mean, there's so much that you can do. I just want to tell you that if you have an idea for a product and you have done the research and you know that there's a space for it in the market, like, I mean, go for it. Don't be afraid to develop a product. Don't let your fears of, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do that. Um, stop you from developing a product because you could be that next brand that's out there with that new cool product that everybody wants and everyone else is chasing, right? So, you know, just don't be afraid to do it because it's it definitely pays off and it pays off very, very quickly. Um, and so just take it one step at a time and um, and and don't don't skip it and just go, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, sell a me too product because because I'm afraid to develop. So that that's my thing is just don't be afraid of product development. 
Yeah, I'm picking up this this theme of of fear, and and I'm interested just personally, uh, you know, from your from your perspective, um, what is your personal approach to this idea of fear? Because it's obviously something that you've that you've grappled with and figured out and decided, hey, you know, I'm I'm a go getter, and and what you know, it's almost like when these when these obstacles of, of fear come in the way that you, that you go ahead first for it? Like what, what's your, what's your mental approach to, to approaching things that make you fearful? Well, perhaps um, I'm a little more sensitive to fear than um, maybe other sellers would be because I am a business coach and I talk to entrepreneurs nearly every day. And that is one of the biggest hurdles that they struggle with. And it was a, it was a struggle for me as well, you know, um, but fear is the biggest, most paralyzing thing for entrepreneurs. I feel, I feel it's the, the largest uh, barrier to our success and it's because it's scary, you know, and, and we don't want to fail. We're going out on our own. We're putting everything on the line and we don't want to fail. And I, I had a whole talk about this in my mastermind group the other day. And I was like, you guys, if you cannot accept failure, you need to go get a job, (laughs) right? You need to either keep your job or whatever, but you need to kill your dream of owning your own business. If you cannot accept failure, you have to accept failure as a business owner. Every single day, you got to wake up and swallow your fears and move forward. Right. If you <laughs> if you plan to fail, or if you fail the plan, you plan to fail. Right. That old saying, the old adage: If you mm-hmm. fail the plan, you plan to fail. Right. Make a plan, know your stuff, and move forward in confidence. But of course, you're going to be afraid. Fear is normal, but you got to look fear in the face as an entrepreneur, and you just got to move forward. I mean, I think for me in the military, I was taught to kind of ignore fears. Right. I mean. Even in boot camp, you know, at the end of boot camp, I remember we did this obstacle course and we were like rappelling down walls and like climbing on a rope over water and all these things. And I got to the end of that obstacle course and I looked and I was like, wait a minute, I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) How did I, whoa, what just happened? Because they teach you to just execute and not think, to move forward, Mm. right? And that's, and so I probably, you know, as you mentioned, John, you know, I probably take some of those experiences in my life for granted. The fact that I have done a lot of what some people would deem scary, you know, and I've moved forward because that's what I was trained to do, you know? Um, So, but I think we have to do the same thing as entrepreneurs. We can't be afraid. We have to accept failure. We have to go, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. I'm going to accept that I'm going to fail and I'm going to keep moving forward because failure is a stepping stone. Yeah, no, so, so true. And, and you know, that, that military experience, I think, absolutely helps with that. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we all struggle with that. And, and my, my kind of grapple on that was, was really, you know, understanding and, and it was a saying that I came across, which is like, what's on what's on the other side of fear and on the other side of fear is usually happiness and joy. And, it, and when you think of those fearful moments, when you actually tackle that usually on the other side, it's, it's, 
achievement, it's fear, it, you know, it's, it's all of those things, um, no, no matter what, what comes of it. And, and the other thing I, I try to do is whenever I get that sense of fear, I see that as the universe telling me that's what I need to do. You know, that's, that's where the light is. That's where your growth is. That's where, you know, you, you need to push yourself. So I almost welcome those moments because that's telling me what I need to do. So <laughs> it's however you spin it in your head, but uh, you know, that, that's, that's how you're going to uh, move forward. Um, all right, so so we digressed there a little bit, but uh, market research. Let's talk about that. I think it, obviously what, one of the biggest mistakes is people don't put the effort into that because they 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 focus on the product, they get excited, but um, you know, uh, and market research can mean many things, as you as you pointed out. It's not it's not just reviews, or or, or that's a very small piece of it, um, and you know, all of your ideas around. Uh, product differentiation and uh, connecting with your customer is based on information, right? And, and I have that saying, it's, you know, it's garbage in is garbage out, right? So you, you've got to make sure you get the right information in because that's going to lead to your creative ideas about how to connect with your customer and differentiate. Um, so what are your tips around market research, specifically around resources and, and, and what are the kind of things you need to think about uh, when, when developing your product? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing, let's say that you found a, a product on product research software, right? Let's say you found a product that you think has a lot of potential. Before you start thinking about it, it's okay to look at bad reviews. It's okay to look at it's data, right? It's just not okay to put all of your eggs into that basket, right? You don't only want to use product research software. You can find a cool product idea that seems like it has opportunity but think of it more from a perspective of the customer. So always ask, okay, why does the customer buy that product? Why do they buy that? You know, what is the, the need, right? So when we studied dog toys, I, I used this uh, example in my course because I'm like, okay, dog toys, like that's so saturated, right? Like how in the heck are we going to differentiate that? So I picked like the most saturated thing I could find. And I'm like, all right, we're going to find an opportunity here. Right. And we did that by studying why people buy dog toys. Right. So we looked at, okay, what are the keywords around it? Dog toys for, and the things we see aggressive chewers, <laughs> the crates, you know, okay, well, why do people buy dog? Why, why are dogs chewing? What's the deal there, right? So you want to identify the problem and the need, right? And you want to follow that down. So when I looked at why do dogs chew, I learned it's anxiety. So I started researching that. Okay, anxiety, interesting. Okay, well, and they, they really, they don't like being away from their owners. It's just the way dogs are, I guess. I'm not a dog person, I'm a cat person, but you know, dogs are great. So anyway, um, you know, so you want to focus on the need and the problem, not the product, right? Because you're always going to be led down a rabbit hole with no confidence. My whole thing is confidence. I want you to launch your product with confidence, not hoping you can sell it for that much or hoping it's going to sell. No, you're going to know it's going to sell because you know why somebody buys that product and you've connected with them over that, right? So you, you need to ask yourself when you find that opportunity, why do people buy that product? And is your differentiation going to matter to them, right? Is it addressing that reason that they buy that product, right? One exercise you can do is you can go back and look at all of the last, you know, 20 products that you've bought. 
And for each one of them say, okay, why did I buy this? Was it because the brand was trusted? Was it because of the price? It was the lowest price. Was it because it had some quality, right? That, um, that this other one didn't have. Was it because of reviews, you know? And go and look at each of the most recent products that you've bought and ask those questions. So the biggest part of market research is not focusing on, it's called the market, right? The market are the people that buy the products. So you don't focus on the products, focus on the people. The biggest thing that people always tell me is, Amy, I can't, you know, the things that I'm interested in, because I always tell people, sell what you're interested in. You're not going to be happy selling toilet brushes for the rest of your life. Like you, you want to get up every day and be excited about what you're selling. You want to be excited about developing that product. And the answer is that I get when I say that people say, well, Amy, I'm interested in, in the gym. I love going to the gym and that is so saturated. There's no way I'm going to be able to have a product in that market. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There are, there's so much opportunity if you start digging into why people buy the products that they're buying. You start digging into weight loss and supplements. Why are people buying those things? What are the core reasons? And then what are the potential solutions for those things? And you will come up with so many awesome ideas. So anyway, your process review, you want to identify the problem or need. Why, you know, why somebody's buying that product and really dig into that. And then you want to search as if, so let's say that you found your idea and you're like, okay, wow, you know, I really think that, um, you know, I'm going to make this dog toy in a certain shape because I learned this about, you know, dogs in my research. And, and I really think, you know, that that supports the market, uh, the market's problems with these toys, right? Okay, great. Well, then what I want you to do then is search as if you were the customer. Search as if you were the customer looking for that problem. Because the, the other thing, the other myth that's out there is, Amy, if I come up with a new or differentiated product, I'm not going to be able to launch it because nobody's searching for that. Well, sure, they're searching for it. You just have to find out what they're searching for. So search as if you're the customer, right? Um, one example that I gave for an exercise to come up with product ideas is to break down a specific situation. So I broke down the situation of throwing a poker party, a home poker party. And I explained, I was like, okay, you know, I got to set up, I have to set up the tables. I have to get everything ready. And I always have to count out the poker chips for everybody's coming over. And I hate it because my poker sets never have the right amounts of chips in them. Right. And so I was like, it would be really nice if there was a poker set that just had little trays with pre-counted thousand dollars in chips. And I didn't have to deal with this. That would be awesome. Like I would buy that today, you know, and I would throw away this $200 poker chip set that I have <laughs> because it's such a pain every time I want to throw a poker party. And so, you know, the biggest thing is I had to make sure that other people were searching for that same problem. I'm not going to go on Amazon and see if that product exists and then suddenly get scared because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So what a lot of people would do is they'd go, well, nobody's going to buy it then. It doesn't exist. Well, of course they're going to buy it because if you make sure that they're actually searching for that problem and you can be the solution. So what I did is I went and searched blog posts, how to count poker chips for poker parties and said, does anyone else have this problem of counting poker chips for a poker party? Oh my gosh, John, there was like <laughs> 50 pages of blogs and every single blog post had the same crappy poker sets in the blog post. And every single person had the same problem. So 
you've just studied the market. You don't have to be afraid that because there is no um, poker chips on the market that, that, you know, that have that keyword on Amazon that you can't launch that product because you've just proved that everyone else has the same problem as you. And the minute you put that on page one of poker sets for home poker parties, that's a keyword that's out there, right? The minute you put that on page one, you run PPC to it and your main photo shows the trays coming out of this thing. People are going to be like, bye, 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 bye all day long. And every single one of those blogs is going to be proud to have you <laughs> as an affiliate, right? So that's what you have to think about. Why do people buy it? And then search like you're the customer and make sure that other people have the same problem as you, right? I have worked with a lot of entrepreneurs that have developed prob products. They've gone through the whole process of patenting something <laughs> and developing it and getting it 3D printed and prototyped. And it's not a problem. They're not solving a problem. It's only like their problem and their idea, right? So that's the second thing is you need to make sure that other people have the same problem. And the third part of that, the third key part of market research is making sure that you've looked at all the reasonable alternatives. So I love using the example of the guy who went on Shark Tank and, you know, the cybersecurity guy who was like, Hey, you know, people are hacking webcams and I have a solution. It's called iBlock. It's like a little plastic piece that goes over your laptop, right? And he's like, mm -hmm. here's what I do. Now you can't see me, right? It's innovative sharks. Buy it, right? Well, Robert Herjavec, key cybersecurity dude says, and shark says, uh, I just use a piece of tape. There's no need for your product, right? You did not build a better mousetrap. So you need to make sure, you need to look at all of the competition, all of the competition. I could say I invented a litter box cleaner, right? I could say that no one else has invented that. I have no, I have no competition. And I did for a little while when I was first doing my business plan. And then I went and met with a score mentor and he was like, uh, no person offering you finances and your business plan is going to believe that you have no competition. Your competition is every litter box out there. It's every scoop, every cat litter, every, you have competition. So you need to look at any reasonable alternative on the market for your product, right? So what a lot of people do is they go, okay, well, there's no green water bottles. So I'm going to make a green water bottle because, and, and I'm going to make it super high quality. And okay, number one, how are you going to show that in your photo? And number two, is anybody searching for green water bottles, right? We need to make sure that we're actually meeting a need. And why wouldn't I just buy the silver water bottle? Why would I care? You know, and if yours is higher quality, I can't tell you how many people have spent a ton of money on fancy gift boxes and they didn't actually study the market to see if people care about gift boxes for that particular product. Or they didn't, they didn't study the market to see if gift boxes were particularly important to that demographic. And so a gift box is not always a, a good expense for your product, right? Not every product needs to be in a gift box and not every customer is going to see that. In fact, some customers will not buy it if it includes a really fancy gift box because that is a perceived value item that they feel like they would feel bad about. So I, I had, um, I had, I, I've written hundreds of listings uh, in every category across Amazon. I mean, you name it, I've written it. Um, and I've worked with hundreds of product launches 
every category, every product you can imagine. And I'll never forget this. Um, this one product was um, had beautiful. It was like beautiful coasters, and they came in this gift box. And this gift box was like so like it had you know the insets for each coaster, and it wasn't getting any sales. And I knew immediately. I was like, okay, I wouldn't buy that personally because. If I gave that as, as a gift, someone would feel really bad about throwing away that gift box. And that gift box is huge, right? So, I mean, sometimes people just want coasters, you know? Mm. <laughs> I mean, they just want coasters and a really nice holder for them, you know? So make sure that your differentiation actually matters um, because you don't just want to assume there's so many people that their differentiation is based on bad reviews. And the, the problem is that people aren't necessarily searching for your fix from that bad review. So they might not even know that that's a problem with that product. So if if they're going to Amazon to buy water bottles and you made yours with a a stainless steel straw because people don't like these clear straws. Well, how do you, how do the people buying water bottles know to look for that? It's only the people that have been complaining about that, that might be looking for that, right? Everyone else is just going to look for water bottles. So you're going to get, you know, really buried down. You want to be able to have those, you know, medium to long tail keywords that you can get on page one for, and then you want a differentiation that matters. So, and then number three, price, you want a price that's competitive with those other top competitors. So the other thing that I see people do with product development, we can get back into it, product development is they spend way too much money developing that product. And now their price has to be up here. And they come to me and they say, Amy, I'm hoping I can sell it for $60. And I'm like, okay, but your competitors with products that look just like yours are selling for 40. Mm-hmm. What? Mine's higher quality. Yeah, but I can't see that in the photo. You know, I can't see that yours is higher quality. And does the customer even care about higher quality? Right? So that's the problem. But if you can come out with a product at that same price point as that $40 one, and you can look even better, and you can be better quality, they're going to buy yours every time. Because, oh, wow, look, I'm going to buy this one. This is a no-brainer. It's better quality than this one. And it's the same price. Duh. Right? So never overdevelop to the point where you are hoping, you can never hope you can sell uh, for a certain amount. So that's part of validation. Part of validating your market research is making sure that people will actually pay for that value that you think you're adding. Right? So there's some ways you can do that. One of my favorite ways is to create a mock-up. So go on Fiverr. And let's say that I'm going to do my water bottle, right, with my silver straw, whatever. It's a terrible idea, by the way. Anyway, Anyway, let's say I'm going to do that. Well, I can go on Fiverr and I can hire somebody to create a mock-up for me. I can say, all right, I want this silver water bottle with a silver straw. And I can go and either put that on a site like PickFu where I can put up two different ones and say, which one do you prefer, right? Or I can go into a Facebook group of fitness gurus and people who are working out, right, with 60,000 members. And I can post a picture of it and be like, hey, this is what I'm using for my water consumption. What are you guys using? What do you think? Get feedback. People are going to tell you, oh, wait, where'd you get that? I've been looking for one like that. Or they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, this is what I use. This is way better. Okay, cool. You know, or, oh, I bought one like that the other day. Oh, did you show it to me? 
right? Because then you're going to get that, that great feedback. So you always want to ask, what do you think of it? And how much would you pay for it? Because those, the answers to those two questions are going to really tell you a lot, right? Yeah. So kind of just recapping, right? In terms of market, market research, you want to make sure that you want to identify the problem or need. Why, why does somebody, somebody buy that product? Number two, you want to search as if you're the customer, right? Don't be afraid of solving a problem just because the product doesn't exist yet. See if other people have the same problem. Pretty easy. We've got Google. We have the, <laughs> the power of the internet. And then number three, um, you just want to make sure that you're studying your reasonable alternatives, making sure that you're actually, you know, you're up against that competition and, um, and you actually are offering something different and they can't just use a piece of tape to, uh, to fix the same problem. All right. If you're looking for product ideas and inspiration, check us out at Zonguru on our Instagram channel. It is a pure feed of the latest, greatest products that sell on Amazon and why they sell. Check it out at Zonguru. I think some of the things that stood out to me and what you said was, you know, around the product differentiation is people need to make the leap that this is not about product attributes. It's about um, the emotion, the, 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 the emotional needs and wants of a customer. Um, and, and, you know, there might be a practical solution, but typically if you're going to really make a difference, you have to understand the emotional needs. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think that's a critical leap that people need to make. And then to your second point, I think putting yourself in those shoes and actually searching like a customer, uh, and, and buying a product, you, you're absolutely putting in place a, a use case so that, so that you can kind of understand that target audience. And, you know, what I, one thing that I sometimes mention is, is next time you buy something on Amazon for your own personal use, list out the questions and, the, and, the, and the, the kind of the validation criteria you go through to buy that product. And I bet you, you know, there's, tw- I don't know, I'm just guessing right now, 25, 30 questions you're going to go through at a minimum just before you choose that product. And, and there's probably, you know, five to 10 that, that were opportunities that you discovered just by that subconscious process that you've gone through in your head to actually choose a product. Um, and, and I do it all the time. I mean, I just, you know, I've just bought a little fire pit for, for outside and, you know, I've got like 20 things that I could do differently um, that, that are opportunities. And it's just about going through that process. Um, and I love that, that, that third one. That, that's amazing because, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, uh, do, do customers actually give a shit about it? And, and uh, that's, that's important. So uh, that's awesome. Um, we could go on forever and ever. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, what, what, you've, what you've communicated here is, is massive and, and huge for, for anybody. So I think we can definitely see um, your expertise and, 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 and insight into why you've been successful with the things you've done, because I think, I think you've got a great approach, which is, which is awesome. Um, maybe just a couple of questions at the end, but, uh, uh, well, let, let's, let's fire a few here. I think maybe just, uh, one, let's just go one big tip for sellers and, and one mistake to avoid. What, what's your two top two? All right. Um, let me, okay. My, my biggest tip for sellers is, in the beginning, don't go big. Don't go all in. Start with your minimum viable product, right? Learn the process. If you've never sold anything online before, start small. There are so many 
things that you can do. You know, we do this little sourcing small thing. I know like reliable has a similar thing, like their P 100 challenge thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think that's so great because it's like, it's an opportunity to fail. (laughs) It's an opportunity to fail, but it's an opportunity to fail small. And so my biggest tip for you guys is just, you know, I think the, the biggest barrier and we get stuck in this analysis paralysis and we're, you know, we, we have these fears of, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so scared. Well, you're not going to be so afraid to move forward if you start small. And if you just learn the process, one of the, the best things I like to tell people too, if, if they're in the U.S., I always challenge my clients to go to Walmart, find a product and list it on Amazon. And I don't even care if they make a profit. Like, I just want them to do it. I want them to send it in to FBA and I want them to do it because then they can see, okay, I had to create a listing. I had to do these things, right? Just one product, you know? And then with our overseas sellers, what we always do is we say, okay, find a product on AliExpress or 10 or 20 or 30 or Alibaba ready to ship and send them in to a prep center, do your own little packaging, everything like that. Send them into a, pack, a prep center. There's even prep centers in China. A lot of people don't know that. There's mm. prep centers in China that will do fulfillment and stuff for you. But anyway, send it in and just learn the process. Create the listing. Do those things, right? Get, get into it. Make sure that this is the business for you, right? So that's, that's the, the biggest thing. And then I would say in terms of mistakes is start with the end in mind right? Like, I think I wrote for mistakes, um, you know, start with the end in mind and plan, you know, what, what do you want to do with your business? Right? Where are you going? I think so many people, they quit too early, right? They, because they didn't have a plan, they didn't really have a vision of where they were going. The people that can very closely visualize their dreams are the ones that reach those dreams. Um, and so I want you to really think about, okay, where am I going? You know, what do I actually want to do with this business? Um, where do I want to go? Do I want to sell it? Do I want to, um, do I want to have five products? I want to have a full brand or maybe your goal is just to learn, you know, maybe, maybe, okay. By the end of this year, I just want to have launched one product and I just want to give this a try to see if it's for me. Well, fine, but start with the end in mind and really plan it out right? Hold yourself accountable to every step along the way, because that's really going to help you move forward. Um, so, so that would be my, my biggest mistake is, you know, to take the time to actually plan it out because so many people, you know, they'll spend all their money on inventory and they didn't take the time to plan, or they didn't look at how much does that keyword cost to advertise for? Um, they didn't plan for the future of that. Okay. Well, what's going to happen if you sell out and you don't have any money left? because you spent it all on PPC and this was a learning thing, right? Now you're having to, you know, ask your mom for money and, <laughs> you know, we, none of us want that, right? So you want to really plan it out. And, and if it's a matter of budgeting or whatever, you know, when I invented this product, I needed $60,000 for a mold and to get started. When I looked at my business plan and my initial expenses to set up a website, to do all of that, I needed to raise $60,000 and that's what I did. I raised $60,000, but you know what? When I ordered my inventory, I wasn't out of money. When I needed to pay for my mold, I wasn't out of money. (laughs) When I needed to get my website set up, I wasn't out of money. So, you know, 
plan those things ahead of time. That's one of the biggest mistakes that you can make because so many people quit before they could actually reach, get over that hill and be able to coast after that. You know, I've got several products on the market now that are just like reorders. They're easy, right? Reorders, you know, and we get to sit back and make that, you know, what do you call it? Mailbox money, whatever. But, um, but it's great, you know? So that's, but that took planning that took time that took investment. So just make sure the biggest mistake you can make is to not plan ahead and think about, okay, where do I want to go with this? How much money do I need to get there? How much time do I need? What did the tasks look like along the way? Who's going to do those things? Um, and treat it like a business. If you treat this like a business and you don't treat it like a formula, it's not a get rich quick scheme, <laughs> you know, treat it like a business, plan it like a business and it will become a thriving, awesome business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, whatever the end vision or goal is in mind, write it down and, and put it next to you. You know, I think that that's a, that's a critical piece. And yeah, you know, that, that whole idea of taking a product and, and getting it live on, on Amazon, um, you know, we do that with, with the reliable education, um, you know, uh, customers. And, and it's just fascinating to see that process. And, and you know, some are so surprised because they actually, it becomes a true product that they can, that they yeah. can sell. And they're like, wow, this thing is really making money. And some of them, uh, you know, won't. And, and, and they constantly try and reinvent that product. And, and you have to remind them and say, hey, at the end of the day, the true goal of this was just to get something live on Amazon. It's a failure. That's fine. But don't try to reinvent this. And there's that, that emotional connection to trying to get something to work. And that's such an important business skill as well is, is understanding when to, it's extremely important as when to cut away and say, Hey, you know, this, I have an emotional investment in this, but this thing is not working and the numbers aren't there. The planning is, the planning is done, but it's not matching what was the plan. So cut it and, and, and focus on what's next. So great lessons. Um, Amy, uh, last question. So this, this, this crazy world and this pandemic is over. What's, what's the biggest, big adventure that you'll be doing? What's the next big thing that you'll be doing? What, what are you, what are you dreaming about? Well, you know, <laughs> there's a couple of things that I wanted to do um, for a long time. And, you know, I have my vision board. And, um, and one of the things is, you know, I'm already a world traveler, and I really miss traveling a lot. I have China trips, and I had a trip planned to Melbourne this year, we were going to do some workshops there. And, um, and, of course, Melbourne's a mess right now. I'm praying it gets better. But uh, but anyway, uh, for me, the biggest thing is I have a vision. I have, I'm on a mission to help as many entrepreneurs as possible get, create and bring new and innovative and cool stuff to the marketplace, whether that's a product or a service or, you know, I'm, I'm in love with this stuff. It's what I love to do. And, you know, I want to do it for the rest of my life. So, and I, and I have a, a unique skill set, a, a gift for teaching. So, you know, I'm, I'm able to, I was a military instructor for 18 years. So taking really, really tough concepts and things that are really hard for people to understand and breaking them down in a really easy to understand step-by-step -step way. And so I think that's really empowering for people. I think it gives them confidence when they learn, when they're able to take a lesson for something and execute on it. So my uh, big thing, what's next for me. So I just, you know, finish up my private label course and, you know, doing all that. And then I've got my China trips going, but the next thing for me is to write a book. 
because mm. that is, you know, I've already written some books, um, but they're like no con- low content books, right? Um, more journal kind of things. But um, I wrote a productivity one and um, a spiritual guide. But, you know, my next step is really, I want to put all of these lessons, over 47 lessons on sourcing and product development and manufacturing and negotiation and um, and business planning, the business side of things, I want to put it all in a book because that goes along with my mission to reach as many people as possible. And, um, you know, I was always told that you should look to those people that have really inspired you that are where you want to be. And a lot of those are some of those people that have written really great business books and have really, really helped people like Mike Michalowicz and, um, um, and you know, of course, Robert Kiyosaki, he wrote mm. rich dad, poor dad. And that book was like, so amazing for me to realize like, oh my gosh, I've been in a rat race. I need to get out of it. Right. But, uh, yeah. So for me, that's, that's my next goal is to write, put it all in a book and, um, and maybe several books, uh, help people with planning. Um, I'm a really great planner. I did that in the military. I was a military planner. So I'm really good at taking big ideas and turning them into executable plans. And so I definitely, you know, people always ask me, Amy, you are a productivity beast. How do you get it done? And I'm like, I have no idea. So I want to somehow put that into uh, something that people can use to execute in their businesses. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's what's next for me. Awesome. Thank you. That's been, uh, it's been an awesome conversation. And uh, if people want to connect with you, what's, what's the best way? Yeah, they can just visit uh, amazingathome.com. And we also have a Facebook group. So, um, you know, people are super kind in there. We don't allow mean people. So, you know, we kick them out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can join our Facebook group, Amazing at Home, or uh, visit us at amazingathome.com. Um, I do free listing reviews. So that's something that I enjoy doing. You can always go to Amazing at Home under the services menu and hover over listing optimization. There'll be a little spot there that says free listing review and you can submit your listing to me and I will actually send you a video of, you know, Hey, this is why this isn't selling. This is what's going on with it. This is what your competitors are doing over here. These are the keywords you're missing. Um, it's something I really enjoy doing. It keeps my skills sharp and it helps a lot of people. So. Well, that just sums up your passion for, for Amazon right there that you, did you, love jumping into people's listings and unpacking them that's that's awesome um yeah yeah i do it but uh but maybe not always with so much love and passion (laughs) um (laughs) awesome well yeah thanks for being on and uh and i look forward to our next uh connection I'm, i'm sure it'll be soon so appreciate it definitely thank you john Hey, hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to check out more episodes, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts and subscribe today. Many episodes to check out.